Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with Karen Dale, the minister of Richmond Hill United Church. Welcome, Karen. Welcome, Marge. It's great to be with you. Yeah, Karen, thanks again. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Karen, can you tell us a little about yourself, how long you've been with the Richmond Hill United Church, and why you have an accent? <laughs> well, I, I'll start with the accent, because it's it's interesting that the way that we speak can tell us a little bit about who we are and where we've come from. So the way that I speak uh, says that I came from the UK originally. Uh, so I was brought up in, in England in an area, very rural, tiny, tiny village. And I was brought up in the Methodist church, went to school, university, all those things, and have been in Canada over 30 years now. So <laughs> it's, it's been a while. And, and interestingly, when I go back, of course, people say I sound Canadian. <laughs> so it, it's kind of cool, you know, mm -hmm. things, things change. But I have been in ministry with Richmond Hill United Church just about a year now. It's uh, a, a little bit over a year. And that has been a, an interesting journey. So it, it's very cool to be up in Richmond Hill. I This is an area that I didn't know very well. So it's been really important to me to get to know the community a little bit. And that that is why people like yourself <laughs> have been so helpful in, in that journey. Very good. Okay. Can you provide a condensed version of how the United Church it could be seen as distinct from different than other Christian denominations? Okay, well, I'll give it a go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that's a fairly broad question. However, when I was thinking about it, I think the way that the United Church came into being, which happened in 1925, has shaped how it is now because it was a coming together of three different Christian denominations so the uh, Methodists and the Congregationalists and about 70% of the Presbyterians came together to create what became the United Church of Canada. And I think the fact that there were different groups that came together that had to kind of sort out their differences, they had to compromise, they had to talk to each other, they had to change things. I think that very beginning has shaped the way that the United Church has, has become. And, but I think we are still really influenced by that. And that's, for me, what distinguishes this Christian expression from other Christian expressions, just the way. And, and the cool thing is that it didn't just stop in, in 1925. For example, in, in 1930, the uh, Wesleyan Methodist 
congregations from Bermuda joined the United Church, which is kind of cool. So they are kind of connected to the, the maritime um, part of the United Church of Canada. So every time different people join, we're changed by that. And uh, I, I, I like to think that the United Church is adaptive and open to that change. Very interesting. Do you have any idea of why that happened back in 1925? Was there something happening in the world that had that change, that unite the uniting of churches? Well, I, I think it was because they re people at the time realized that fracturing the Christian church into so many different denominations was not helpful, that we could um, have a stronger voice if we came together. And, and I think that was at the basis of, of why this, this happened. And it didn't just happen in, in Canada. There is a uniting church of Australia that also brought together different Christian denominations. And, and I think the basic idea was we, we want to be more effective. We want to work together. Thank you for that. I didn't mean to grill you on the history of the church, but I am very interested in that. So thank you. I do know that social justice is important to the United Church. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. You're 100% you're, you're right. It is one of the pivotal foundational pieces of who we are as, as a United Church. And, and there's, there's history in, in that too, because um, it, it's interesting that things like um, the ordination of the first uh, woman minister, um, what was her name, Lydia Grucci, happened in 1936. So that is, depending on how you look at it, but in the church, that, that, <laughs> that, that is fairly, fairly early on. And um, the, the other things that, that happens that really have made this church a justice-focused and justice-based church is things like in 1988, the recognition that all persons regardless of sexual orientation, are welcome to become members of the United Church of Canada. And that included uh, people who uh, were felt called to the order of ministry. So those kind of things that happened uh, um, early on, and actually in 1986, I mustn't forget about the native congregations in the United Church that an apology was made early, early on in the 80s around the dismissal of, uh, of native spirituality. So all of those pieces, and that there's a whole, whole lot more, have shaped who we are. And right now, what we are trying to do in the United Church is make a commitment to become an anti-racist and intercultural church. So we are living into that, which includes living into right relationships with Indigenous peoples. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've heard some about that. That's it's quite interesting. More reading I have to do. Okay. <laughs> also, the Richmond Hill United Church 
I've seen on its website, you say it say it says it's an affirmed church. Can you explain what that is? Yes, um, not all congregations in the United Church of Canada are affirming congregations. This is a process uh, that you, you need to go to, but many are. And it, it is a process where the congregation looks at what does it mean to welcome everybody into the community, regardless of age or wealth or ability, culture, sexuality or gender identity. Now, affirming tends to focus around the uh, different expressions of our, our sexuality and our way of being and around the spectrum of gender identity. But it is all part of affirming that every single person is part of this church. Every single person is loved by God. And it is an intentional process. It's not something that you just say, oh, yeah, I fancy the affirming logo being part of <laughs> this church. It's about a year long, and every single group that is part of a congregation engages in, so what does this mean? What does this radical welcome, this affirming of everyone, mean for us? And most particularly, so what, what, how do we need to change to live into that? And it is a living into, which is why at Richmond Hill United Church, we have vision keepers that help us to circle back to the fact that we have made this commitment to be affirming. So what does that mean now? And uh, those, those group of vision keepers are, are very important part of the process. Very interesting. Thank you for detailing that. <laughs> the Richmond Hill United Church also gets to have its claim to fame as being a very old building, over 200 years old. So how do you feel about being in a historic building? Well, it, it, it is certainly a beautiful building. And um, I, I love the connectedness and the rootedness because um, ev everything tells a story and our buildings also tell a story and they can say positive things and they can say uh, not so great things <laughs> about us. So uh, it, it's a way of not forgetting uh, where we come from and, and who we are. So it, it's good for me because um, I've come from ministry with a, a, a newer uh, church building. So to be part of a, a congregation that has a historic sanctuary, that there's huge possibilities in that. Um, and of course, we, we also have the ubiquitous 1950s kind of add-on, which um, <laughs> many, many churches do have, have that that extension, but that there is there is something about the, the stories that are held in the historic building for sure. Mm. Yes, your 1950s add-on is um, almost a maze, and I've got lost <laughs> and gone to the wrong place there. So it's <laughs> it's part of the character of the church. The highlight for me, though, is your sanctuary. It's a beautiful space with beautiful sound, and uh, I encourage everyone to find an opportunity to be there so 
that's yes and and we're we're trying to make more opportunities too for for that to happen so um i i agree with you the the resonance and the beauty of of the space irregardless of um you know whether you would say name yourself as christian it just the history of the building um has has a spirit of its own i think definitely yeah a lot goes on at 10201 Young Street. Uh, can you start describing like the spaces and activities that happen there? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. It, it, it's a real mishmash of um, people and groups that, that use the building, which is, I think, a, a real strength and a joy. So that there are rental groups that that are part of the, the building. We try and be open to, um, you know, helping groups out that are struggling for space, that don't have uh, a whole lot of money for space. The, the amount of space that is available in the community these days is getting less and less and less. And so um, a church can hold space for the community. And I think that is very important. We uh, also have a whole lot of stuff that goes on as part of the congregation, for sure. Like there are over 20 groups that are a part of Richmond Hill United Church, which is pretty mind boggling, really. I mean, that, that's, that's a lot of groups. And, and when I first came to the church, my, my favorite one that kind of made me do a double take, it's a group that call themselves HAIR. It's H-A-I-R. And that stands for um, heretics, agnostics, infidels, and other riffraff. <laughs> uh-huh. I think I know a few members of that group. Yes. I, I like that, yes. Yeah. I, I did not realize there were 20 groups. I thought I could name them all, but I certainly can't name 20 of them. So it's uh, that is, is excellent. So yes, people it, are coming and going from that church. And uh, I know you uh, host for part of the year the out of the cold, the homeless shelter as well. Yes. Uh, and you've got a commercial kitchen in there. And it's, um, yeah, a lot happens there. So yeah, thank you for it, keeping the doors open. And it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. So you do have your Sunday services there as well. Uh, it's a, at the sanctuary is a beautiful space. You've got a pipe organ, a grand piano, basically a sanctuary that creates beautiful sounds. You have an amazing music director who has a, a choir I so enjoy listening to. So anything you can add to that? Well, music ministry for sure is one of the, the found, foundations of the, the ministry at Richmond Hill United Church. Yes, part of um, worship, 100%. The, the choir, which, you know, our volunteer members and, and the quality of the, the sound that they create with uh, Barry Peter's help is, is quite astounding, I, I think. They really are a wonderful, wonderful, dedicated group of people. And yes, it, it's a real commitment to the, the pipe organ is a Casavan instrument and many churches have had to let go of the upkeep of their organ because it is so, so costly. 
but uh, the community at Richmond Hill have made that a priority. So it is an instrument that is in, it, it's well kept up and it is played with passion and panache by Barry Peters. <laughs> it, it's always amazing to me to, to watch Barry uh, playing because the organ is you know, you've not just got your hands going, you've got your feet going, you've got, you've got, it's a whole body experience. So that's, that's kind of cool. And, and there is a djembe dr drumming group too, that is um, a part, a meet song on Monday nights, I believe. But, you know, that there's a variety of different groups and we're hoping to expand that too, because, um, we too are trying to become part of this intercultural um, church. And to do that, we, we, we need to reflect the community in all sorts of different ways, in, including music, which is just such a, a powerful tool, I think. Yes. <laughs> the lifting our spirits. You know? Yeah, it's a, it's a joy to come for a Christmas concert. You've had some um, famous people there. I remember Leona Boyd came there once, and that was that was great. So, uh, and I look forward to what's uh, what will be happening. So, yes. But Sunday morning, you do give sermons. How would you describe your sermons? I've had an opportunity <laughs> to listen to a number of them. So, but how would you describe them? Um, I, I tend not to. Well, I don't use the the word sermon. Okay. Um, in part because um, I, I would like, <laughs> my hope is that this reflection is not just me, it is an opportunity for others to engage in, in this process. So I try to um, kind of craft and shape the words that I say in a way that might trigger thinking and reflection on the part of those people that are listening. And, and it's always cool. I'm, I, I think that I'm talking on, on a particular topic, you know, that this, this is my theme. And then I talk to people after the service and they have come up with a myriad of different ways that it speaks to their experience. They tell me stories that I, I'd never even thought of. So, you know, that that for me is the best possible scenario is when uh, words of mine originally percolate out and others add their experience uh, to it. And, and, and that's why I try and shy away from the, the word uh, sermon. And maybe it's just a me thing. <laughs> but I, I, I try and challenge myself to to reflect and reflect with others. So that means that you give people opportunities. Sometimes right, right in the middle of, of the reflection, I will ask a question and people respond, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So I won't call it a sermon. Okay. No, so that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Your Sunday thing. morning activity. Um they are also available online. With COVID, we all have adapted. We're doing this Zoom stuff. Uh, quite comfortable with it now, but uh, you're still you know, you're doing it. And if someone's uh, not well, uh, they're on holidays up at the cottage. They can still tune in. And I think um, 
that that's great that you have the technology, you have the equipment, and uh, it's yeah, I'm I'm glad that you do that. Yeah. So that, yeah, you've invested a lot in your technology. I was part of a group that uh, took advantage of it, and it was amazing zooming people in from Spain and zooming it out to the rest of the world. Uh, it was uh, very good. It was a real highlight for me that uh, we had the Nowhere to Call Home event there, uh, talking about homelessness in, uh, back in January. And uh, we're planning something for the end of April as well to be announced, but uh, we're quite excited about um, all that happens there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you like to add um, that people you should think people should know about the Richmond Hill United Church? Well, we, we like to think that we are action oriented, but spiritually based, so that uh, what what we believe needs to be actionable, and it, it it doesn't matter that other people think differently or don't uh, believe in God at all. Uh, the, the approach of Richmond Hill United Church is that there are many pathways to that mystery. And um, I, I think that that's, that's really important because whether or not we would name ourselves to any particular religious or spiritual expression, I believe as human beings, we are all longing to find a place where we can recharge, where we can connect with hope, where we can become a part of, of change. And there are many different places that can do that. But, but my hope that Richmond Hill United Church is one of those places within the community. I do like to end the podcast with the guest response to this one question. Name one thing you really like about this community. Well, I, I, I love uh, walking. So uh, what, one of the things that I I do, and I certainly did when I first came, was walk around the community. And I love the gardens. <laughs> you know, there are some people that give such a lot of care and attention to to their their gardens. Um, you know, you can see that there are some native plants in 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 some gardens, and uh, sometimes some kind of quirky little little things that that are there that are an expression of the family or, or the personality of, of the gardener. So I, I have to say, I, I I have a real fondness for the gardens of Richmond Hill. <laughs> Very nice. Yes, I have enjoyed walking around the neighborhood. If it's I needing to park uh, to get to the church, you walk a block or two, and it is very enjoyable. So yes, I, I don't want to complain, but you don't have a lot of parking, but we'll put it to, as an advantage of being able to go for a nice little walk. So yes, that's good. <laughs> well, Karen, thank you so much for taking the time to do this podcast. It's been very enjoyable. And uh we will we'll, we'll see you around town soon. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity, Marge. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at Marge, M-A-R-J, at MargeAndre.com. 
I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected. <laughs>